Welcome back to the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. I'm so excited about this one. If you're watching on YouTube, we're doing this book today. We are talking about how I think I should be is bullshit. And you know, this is this is one of those things that battles with my ideology some because I'm one of those that I want to create who I'm supposed to be. And I'm like, I'm really big on unwrapping the layers and all of that and finding out who I truly am, but also claiming my own identity. So it's like, it's such an interesting book. And what I've loved about this as I've been reading it is it's different little chapters on different things, little short nuggets that you can take away. And I'm here with the author today, Eileen Martyr Meerman, and we're going to be diving into just some of those. I have her links linked below. Definitely check them out. You're not going to want to miss this. Eileen, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's so exciting to be with you in the sort of flesh, right? We're on Zoom, so it's sort of like we're in person. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah, because we've been communicating through texting. So yeah, Instagram. That's so it's in the yeah. DMs. Oh my goodness. Yep. I'm not even a huge Instagram person, but yes, we've it's it's very interesting. What drove you to write this book? So I've been working with people as a psychotherapist, as a spiritual healer, as a coach for over 40 years or over 45 years. And it felt like for, for a long time that, you know, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself. I've done a lot of personal transformation and I've helped a lot of people over the years. And I thought that I could really help people because I can't work with everybody, obviously. Right. So I thought that by writing a book and people reading, and what's great about my book is you don't have to read the whole book. You could read this chapter, that chapter, whatever attracts you to it. And I just felt called to write the book. And even when it was hard to get certain chapters written and rewritten and rewritten and edited and so on. And I thought, oh, who needs to do this? I'm busy working with clients. I'm busy teaching and so on. I kept getting this message internally, I guess, from this place deep inside my soul to keep doing it, to keep on, as as Grateful Dead would have said, to keep on trucking like the doodah man. So don't ask me what made me think of that. But and and I did. And I did. And so here it is. Finally, after several years of working with these chapters and um, honing them down into really what the message was in each chapter, whether it was about uncertainty or forgiveness or gratitude or intuition or vulnerability, all the different things that I talk about in the book. Do you think that the universe has, because uh, you are very spiritual, so has a play on our intuition at all. What do you mean by play? Like, does it influence how our intuition works? So I think that we are deeply connected with everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. And so if it's part of who we truly are to be intuitive, 
and to be in touch and to receive messages, I think, yes, it's part of it because I, I, in the deepest part of me, I don't think that we're separate from each other, even, even the rocks, you know, in the woods or around the house or here on the streets of Manhattan, there's even some rocks, right? Cause there's some trees or in the parks, there's trees. So I don't think we're completely separate from anything. I think we're completely interconnected. The craziest things have been happening to me recently. And, you know, this intuition has really been increasing recently. Yesterday, for instance, I was at work and it was just one girl's birthday. Uh, She turned 21. And I'm one of those people. I love to take the pictures. I love to get the pictures in ready before you eat. I speak life into you in your picture because we don't really remember things. We tell ourselves our memories. You know, we have our own ideas on these things, right? So I know that if they take a picture that they really want to embody and are intentional about, their experience is automatically going to be better. So, you know, I took some time getting to know her a little bit, getting her picture. She was, it was her birthday. She's the first one there. She had three other girls coming for her birthday. I could tell that two of the girls were not for her automatically because I walk past the table they're on their phones like I understand that the younger generation likes to be on their phones but at the same time you're at a fine dining restaurant you need to be present if you're here for somebody to celebrate them you should be talking to them it shouldn't be some awkward situation right so I was already feeling these these energies and I tell a trainee that was working I said those girls don't like her they're jealous they, you know, and, and I was just giving all of these things. And she's like, you got all of that from, from that? I'm like, yes. And so one of the girls complains about her food. And I took the opportunity to say, okay, well, what do you like about the birthday girl? I never say that. But something just told me, you know what, let's let's see. Let's, and one of the girls was like, she was just giving great energy, very much uplifting to her and the other girl that was complaining about her food didn't really have anything nice to say and it's so telling in life when you feel off things and you you have situations in which people aren't really for you but I know as women we constantly want to have this image of thinking well we want to have friends We want to feel a part of something. We want to be accepted. And that's why a lot of women have on all of these masks. And I think that that is, that in itself, like, is something that younger women, I mean, all women in general need to to know these things. But I think that you would have touched on so many things, like you do in your book, in situations where people tolerate that type of bullshit. You know? Yep, it's true. It's really true. So you really had this experience. It's also interesting to have the experience when you don't know somebody, right? Because how much of it is me projecting onto mm-hmm. them because there's something about them that maybe triggers something inside of me from my history or something unresolved in me. So it could be that, or it could be that, you know, I'm actually picking something up, you know, with these people that, you could feel that something something just wasn't right. 
So you allowed yourself to be in touch with that. And you didn't, you didn't confront them about it, but you said to this other woman, this is what I'm getting here. And she said, Oh, did you get all that already? And you said, yeah, that's what I got. So, but you trust, there's something about that, that you trusted. You trusted, you were feeling, you trusted what you were thinking. And um, how do you think that, that trust and that think trusting what you were thinking and feeling and, and knowing your intuition in that moment helped the birthday girl. I think with me asking her in that moment, you know, for one, for her friends to pour into her as well, to see who would. Uh-huh. And I don't know if she picked on the, on up on that. She, she really didn't have that much depth, but, but right. right. Hopefully you know, it did make her, and she did thank me when she left by name, you know, and hopefully it did make her realize who her people were. Because these she waited for these girls to show up for her, you know, <clears throat> for like at least 20 minutes. Like, it was just, it's rude. It's her birthday, you know? Yep. Yep. It's true. Yeah. So I want to talk about uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Why? Wh- what is it with the human race that wants to know everything? Is it some false sense of security? I think I think it's a couple of things. I think it is the false sense of security. We're looking to be in control. Mm-hmm. I do believe it's just a a fact of life that really, when we come down to it, everything is truly uncertain and out of our control, you know, and we have our schedules. Like I have my calendar right here Mm -hmm. today. I had a meeting at 1045 and then I have the meeting with you and so on. Then I have another meeting, you know, we like to structure our days so that we're not well, first of all, it's good to structure our day so that we have things to do and to to promote our life and to engage with creativity and so on. On the other hand, part of what we do, if we fill up our calendars too much, is try to control that so we don't feel the uncertainty because the thing we're trying to avoid is feeling anxiety. We don't want to feel this anxiety about uncertainty. So even before you and I met, even though we've had good contact before this, I was feeling a little bit nervous. And I said, okay. So I sat down, I meditated for a few minutes and then I was really fine. And really I was able to get in touch with my excitement about being with you and not knowing where we were going here because we're being creative. We're free flowing. You read the book. I wrote the book. I don't remember everything I wrote. You don't remember everything you read. So there's, there is this uncertainty, but when we know that that's true and we know that that exists, we could be much more alive because you can know, you could allow yourself to know, Oh, I'm trying to control reality. So I just moved into an apartment. So we downsized after almost 40 years. And I knew deep in my soul that this would be a good move. But I was uncertain, really, is this the right place to be moving? Is this the right apartment to be choosing? 
and how's everything going to unfold? I love, I love where I moved. I love the city that I moved to. I moved to Manhattan, but everything else is uncertain. But you know what? It's always uncertain, even if you don't make a big move after almost 40 years, right? So life is uncertain and we get to roll with it and allow ourselves to have some anxiety. And then when we allow ourselves to have some of that anxiety, we could be more creative when we push it away, splitting ourselves more. And then we're not truly in who we are and expressing all of that, all of what we can. When we push away the fear, the anxiety, when we let it grow, we allow, we don't allow for ourselves to get the lessons we need to learn from the universe, you know, from God, um, source, you know, however you, you call it. Whatever word you want to use. Yeah. Yeah. When like, and I've realized that like in, in, in standing more so firm for me within certain uncertainty, I lost almost everything, like 80% of my belongings in a hurricane in 23 minutes. And I realized then I'm like, ah, that's, we're not, we're never, no one plans on getting in a car accident. Nobody plans on natural disasters happening. You know, it's just how we react to things. Right. And I constantly hear people with this control thing. Everybody wants to control other situations. Oh, everything needs to go perfect. Everything to me, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn how to act when it doesn't. You know, to know that I'm going to be okay regardless. So this year I'm working on becoming unwavering. So this book is so timely. Just with whatever obstacle comes my way, remaining calm in chaos, which causes me to have to feel the anxiety when it comes. So I know how to work with that energy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You also talked about rituals in your book. What are some... Have your rituals changed over the years is my first question. My second is what are some of your favorite rituals currently? Okay. So it's interesting that you asked that question because I just moved and my rituals haven't fully developed yet in my new space, right? So the ritual that I did that really helped me in moving from a home that I loved and the land that I loved was I kept thanking every room, every wall, the trees, the flowers that we cultivated over the years, the the furniture that I had to let go of. I mean, you can't move from a four bedroom to a two bedroom and not let go of furniture. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and now the little dining room is in the living room, you know, so nothing is separate like it used to be before. So I spent a lot of time thanking every part of my house, even the basement, <laughs> every part of it for keeping me safe, for giving me a place to raise a family, to have joy, a lot of joy and a lot of grief. I went through a lot of loss and to experience that in a safe place. 
So that was a ritual that I say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Did for, I would say at least, I would say at least a month, but it really intensified the last few, I would say the last few days, the last week. Here, what I started to do a little bit, maybe not enough, is have gratitude because I was feeling so unsettled, talk about uncertainty in this place. I mean, behind me is a secretary that used to be my grandmother. So that's been in the family for a long time, even though I painted it, it it was mahogany. (laughs) I painted it green. So I have the security of some things. I have the inner security of knowing that this is what I longed for, for a long time. And a Big ritual I do in the morning, which I'm doing now with you, is I make my jasmine green tea. Makes me very happy. And I tune in to where it was grown and the people that grew it and the trees that it comes from and the process that it goes through when the pickers pick the tea leaves off at a certain time when they're making green tea, white tea. Black tea, I guess they they pick the tea at a certain time. So I tune into all of that and I just bring it into my heart and I feel everything that went into this cup of tea. The water that I used actually is water that's from, I think, artesian wells in Austria. That's that I, because my filter ran out of water. So I used this other water that I have. Another ritual I do is some type of using essential oils in the morning, some type of healing that's physical essential oils. I did some exercise this morning, some type of exercise I'd like to do in addition to all the regular things like getting up, washing up and taking a shower, washing my hair and deciding what I'm going to wear today. So I find that some sort of, oh, I did some prayer. I do prayer a lot, almost every day if not every day, almost every night, but almost every morning as well. And then when I'm about to teach, I pray for my students in addition to myself. So those are the kinds of rituals that I do. And it helps give me the sense of presence and being here and connection with myself. And the more I'm connected with myself, the more I can connect with you. I found myself slowing down more because I I realize that in being anxious I will do too much and not get things done completely mm-hmm. and I'll find myself like even with washing the dishes taking my time to clean them but you're so intentional with each aspect of what the your jasmine green tea needs to be where it is with you, where your water's coming from. I definitely pray a lot as well. So that's that's um very similar. I love the physical healing 
that that and you know and you know it it's very sensory oriented causing you to be even more present and in the moment because that's all we really have you know if if you're not thinking about the past or the present or what you're you're really in the moment and and honing that in i think that that's a big thing that i got from your book as well and what i'm getting from our conversation especially with you moving um it reminds me of a guest that i had at the restaurant a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about how she was downsizing also and I had this whole revelation and I got it back. It's you can't fit the old into the new. Some things can stay, but must the most must go, you know, like when you're in a transitional period of life and, you know, releasing. And I love how you thanked the rooms. I'm going to do that before I leave my house in the next couple of months. It really helps. And t- you'll see. And you're going to, and you'll let me know how it goes, but really makes a difference. Yeah. You talked about forgiveness in the book as well. Mm-hmm. How important is forgiveness for you? I think it's huge. I differ than a, what a lot of people say, though, about forgiveness. A lot of people say you have to forgive the other for an act of hurt, let's say. Some people... I could do that with, there's no problem. But some people, I've worked a lot over the years with survivors, pretty severe abuse and trauma. Mm-hmm. And to forgive your abuser is not an easy thing to do. Another difficult thing to do is to forgive yourself mm-hmm. for the vulnerability, being a woman, all the different things that happen as a little girl and so on. So to be able to forgive yourself for what you did to survive, whatever the circumstances were, I think is the most essential foundational piece that we can have. And then to continue working on it so that maybe we can forgive the other but if we forgive ourselves and truly forgive ourselves and bring more kindness into ourselves and into our lives and into our hearts that's going to resonate out to the world anyway and just keep on working with forgiving what's going on in, what's going on in that I can, there's one person in my history no longer alive that I still have trouble forgiving. And I just work on it. Like, what is it that I still can't forgive this? Actually, it was a woman, this woman. So I keep working on it and working on it. And, but I forgive myself and I bring kindness into myself in a way that it was hard to do quite a, you know, for a a large part of my life. I love that you shared that. The, way that a lot of people look at forgiveness is forgiving the other person so that they can feel better. But a lot of times they don't look at themselves as needing to be forgiven. A lot of women, now I know this book is not just for professional women, but a lot of high performing women, women that are into podcasts, women that are readers, you know, those types of women seem to, not all, but a lot, battle 
with being their own worst critic. You know, the imposter syndrome is real deep amongst so (laughs) many levels, you know, and we don't focus enough on that level of forgiveness for oneself. I will forgive somebody else so much faster than I will forgive myself. And I have to remind myself over and over again to forgive myself for for mistakes that I've made that I didn't understand the magnitude of those mistakes at a specific time in my life. Yeah. You know, for wrongs that I've done, the things, you know, when you have a lot of self-awareness and you deal with a lot of the, you know, you do the shadow work. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, I have so much to learn in that area of doing shadow work before you go, can you talk anything about doing shadow work? Well, I don't know if you remember this in the chapter on mothering, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did read that one too. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in this chapter, let's see. Anyway, I don't remember where it is in that chapter, but one day, long time ago, I was laying in bed and nursing the baby. And my husband had left for work and we lived in a suburb of New York city. And so he, he was gone to work in Manhattan and I'm just nursing the baby. And all of a sudden I had this huge awakening that I could kill at first I thought, Oh, I could kill to protect my son, this this little being mm-hmm. that was less than 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then I realized my power as a woman, not just as a mother, that I could kill. The more I own that part of myself, the less I act out in killing ways. In the past, when we don't own it, what's happening is that energy is being pushed out of us because we're not owning it. And the other person picks it up and Mm. and somebody might say something like, you know, you're such a bitch or something like that. And it's like, no, I'm not. And well, maybe I was, but, and I wasn't conscious of it because I didn't want to own that part of myself. So the more I own these not nice, not good, you know, not holy parts of myself, the more I felt real, the less I acted out, the more loving I, I've been. And I continue to have to work with that because it's just part of being a human being. And, and I think it just makes me happier. And I laugh at myself too. It's like, oh my God, here I go again. But it's true. I feel this way about that and feel this way about that one. Or, you know, we get triggered or activated, whatever word you want to use. These glasses are reflecting the light weirdly all the time. So we have an opportunity of saying that the universe provides all these experiences. Well, the truth is the universe provides all these experiences constantly. Life be life in, okay? Like Wednesday night, I had an employee, our checks were delayed. Paper checks were delayed. Mm-hmm. She came up to the job and she cursed me out. She threatened. Oh, 
that if she saw me outside of work, you know, I was a bitch that I was, I was, I had no empathy. She had no idea how my husband loved me. All of, and I didn't, I did not, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I was proud of myself in this moment because I did not get anxiety. I remained calm. I, I was like, you know what, this is, I thank God for having me work third shift at Waffle House all those years ago <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and dealing with these types of people because now it's just like, okay. Like I was looking at her most of the time. I said, well, FedEx delayed the checks, so they'll be here tomorrow. Like I said, there's nothing I can do. I even called the GM and asked him, like, can I like at least just give her money out the safe? And the thing is, everyone working there would have given her something knowing her situation if she had been kinder, you know, but you had been vulnerable if she was real instead of being crazy, but aggressive came through, like, I'm going to take by force what's mine. I'm like, I don't even have access to what your pay was for this pay period because I don't do payroll. It was a very unfortunate situation, you know, she's no longer with us, but you know, it's, I get to deal with all of these fun things every single day, new new activities, you know, new tests. That's how I see them. I see them as very much tests to say, you know, are you who you believe that you are? Can you, I, I just, I think I'm in a season of challenges that I'm just going to accept. I just, I know that I need sleep. Sleep is the most important thing for me because if I don't have sleep, I feel like I want to kill myself. Like, with all of the stress that comes, because that's when it'll start to get to me, you know? I didn't even, I didn't even get to be a bitch, you know? Like, (laughs) like when she was yelling, it's the people, and I read this quote, you know, you should be fearful of the ones that can remain calm during those situations you know that can control themselves in those situations you never know people's darkness and I haven't I've played around with it but this is this I I enjoy that you shared that with me thank you well yeah Yeah. thank you so much for being here today guys if I don't know how much I gotta tell you go get the book all right get the book the links are linked below. She also, October 7th, Developing Your Intuition is a webinar that she has. There's links to that as well. November 11th, How to Be Vulnerable in Today's World. And there's a few more that are listed below in the show notes. So definitely check them out. Eileen, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Olivia. It was a pleasure. It was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Empowered Woman, Badass and unfiltered podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.